0: How many have been here for the last two weeks? And uh, from the very beginning I heard Brandon bring the word the first week of this series. He, uh, What he said, speaking of God's will, raise a hand, you were here, you were here, you were here for that. Who was here for last week? Clarissa Stevens bringing the word. How many are just, those two words, just to be honest, I think Brandon said it. There's not like, nobody that's going to stand on this platform is going to give you the one big all message that's going to to answer the question, what is God's will for my life? But we can take several weeks and we can all bring to the table what we believe God spoke to us on the subject, uh, things and experiences that we've had in our lives, and hopefully through the Holy Spirit, uh, He will help all of us figure out exactly uh, what His will is for our life. How many want to know, what is God's will for my life? Come on. Let's pray over this. Father, we thank you so much, God, for what you're doing in this city. We thank you for what you're doing in this room right now. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do, and that is to change us from the inside out. For things that we're struggling with, things that we're dealing with right now, Lord, I pray that uh, all the distraction we pushed aside and we lean into your voice and your word tonight. And everyone said... Amen, amen, amen. That's what he said. The will of God, week three. Super excited. This may be the shortest message I've ever preached here at Thruinit Live. I have to redeem myself because, thanks, Ellis. And uh, she laughs. (laughs) I I preached uh, several weeks ago, and I think it was like 75 minutes long. And uh, praise God, long-winded. Hopefully it was good. Um, I felt it was good. Obviously, I wouldn't shut up, but... Hopefully tonight, um, I'll be much shorter, and so the band, be ready to come up quickly. They're all banking. I bet you there's bets going on, just to be honest. They're like, I bet you he goes 50. No, 60. I got 20 on 30. Yeah. Forget all y'all. I'm going to go an hour, and so I'm going to go two hours tonight. I just felt the Holy Ghost right there. What I know today from my life is that God is still speaking to his people. What I know today from my life, and I think many of you would agree, is that God is still speaking. When I read the Bible, when I read what the Word of God says, and I see how God spoke to His people, especially how He brought the, 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 the whole people of Israel on their journey and how He used men of God, but He also spoke directly to, to certain people groups and, and how people's lives were orchestrated and how they unfolded is nothing less than a miracle, especially when you read it. In the scripture. But God's not done yet. His story isn't done being told. And he is still working that out in your life and in my life. How many would agree with that? So the moment that you said, okay, Jesus... Come into my life, come into my heart, make me a new creation, right? And now we're practicing Romans, we're renewing our mind, renewing the way that we think, and, and we're evolving into who we are. It's kind of a paradox in itself that, that God calls us a new creation, but yet we're still renewing and, and, and regenerating and coming to be who God wants us to be, but yet we're, we're not the same. And so it's kind of an interesting concept, God's will in our life and the journey of following Christ and figuring out what steps should we take how do I know where to go? How do I know she's the one? How do I know he's the one? How do I know if this is the right college? How do I know if this is the right relationship? How do I know if this is the right job or the right church or even the right area of ministry to serve in? Or how do I know what the rest of my life is going to look like? We all have these questions. And, and there's not, there, there's not a, a mathematic equation that's going to give you the answer you want. In fact, I would propose to you tonight that it's going to be a lifelong journey of you figuring out today, this step, this moment, I am in God's will. Am I or am I not? That's up for you to decide. And as you take the next step, God, is this God's will for for my life? And as you go into this next season, and I will say, looking back over my life, I will say that I am where I am today. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll say this that I know that I'm in the will of God for my life right now because I look back over my shoulder at the timeline of Matt's life and I see the decisions I've made, the things that were surrendered to him, the obedience to leadership and godly wisdom and what the Word says. And I would say I am where I am today because I'm following God's will for my life every day. So as we go into this, we're going to uh, talk about a few things, but we're going to get into a story. Uh, I don't know if this is super hot, so I'm afraid to like, get right here. It can come down a little bit. It's all good if you don't do anything with it. I can adjust. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith, right? It does not tell us that that we should live by feelings, right? Like, we, we live by faith. The just, you and I, we are the just. We are not to live by by feelings we' are to live by faith. Faith involves trust. Faith involves not knowing what's next but God we're going to put our trust in the things that we can't see feel touch we're just going to go all out and just trust Have you ever been to a concert it, it, this is um, this uh, we were at I think we were at youth camp and this past this past summer, This uh, person of size, if I could be nice, um, was on the stage. And they literally, they were like going to be crowd surfing. And everybody in the room, 800 people thought this was a bad idea. They didn't think it was a bad idea. And so as the crowd's getting ready and they're moshing and it smelled really bad, it was nasty. This person gets on the stage and she goes off to, to, to jump and go crowd surf. And nobody caught her and she fell and hit the ground. I can't make this stuff up. It was awful. It was horrible. But that girl had faith, right? Like, she had faith. Like, she was like, we're going to do this. This is going to be amazing. The music's ready. The people, my people are right there. She was like looking at them, eye contact. I'm coming. You're ready. And it's like the Red Sea just parted. She hit the ground night over. I don't know what happened to her. But, uh, that, but that, 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 that's, that's, that's faith, Right? Like, if you've never done that before, that's faith, that's putting your trust. And here's the thing, I don't think that she was being led by the Holy Spirit, she was being led by her feelings. Like, this feels right in the moment. In life, so many times, we make decisions, not by faith, but we make these decisions based off our feelings. And then we're like, I thought, well, I think, well, I felt like this was the right relationship. I felt like this was the right place to go. I felt like this was the right thing to do. And then we're like, God, I thought I was in your will. But the Bible says the just live by faith, not by feelings, your whole entire life. You're never, ever going to be free from living by faith. When you think about faith, the concept of faith, you're thinking about this whole idea, this mystery that nothing is... You would say God has a plan for you. Some would say that this is, this is predestined, this moment right here. Some would say that, 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 that God had all this figured out, and he knows. And the Bible even talks about how he knows the things that you're going to do and say, right? And the Bible can be so confusing, right? Like if you don't study, you don't know it, you're not going to school for it, and you read it, and it seems like it contradicts itself. And you're like, what is this really all about? How am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do with my life? All the nuances and idiosyncrasies of the Bible, I can't figure anything out. Right? How many have been there frustrated at God, frustrated at yourself, and you're just like, what do I do? Man, we really can determine the will of God for our life by how we react and how we respond in life. It's so interesting, this whole concept of the will of God. Here's some good news. Our God doesn't play hide and seek. Our God yeah thank God. He said brother said thank God. <laughs> that is so true. He he doesn't play hide and seek. He is not waiting for you to come find him and, and his plan for your life neither is hiding. Right? It's he's not playing hide and seek. He desires to lead you more than you want to be led and he wants to speak to you more than you want to be spoken to. Let me say that again. God does not play hide and seek. He honestly truthfully Let me tell you over and over again that he desires to lead you more than you want to be led. Hope this is challenging somebody. And he wants to speak to you more than you desire to be spoken to. Think about the bad decision you made last week. You didn't submit it to God for a reason. Because you did what you felt like you wanted to do. But if you submitted it to the Holy Spirit... And to the wisdom that's in the Bible and our mentors and our leadership and our pastors and our leaders in our life and our good godly friends, we wouldn't make those decisions, would we? But we live by, and the just says live by faith, but we live by our feelings and we get ourselves in predicament and situations that are not the will of God for our life. So then we begin this journey. How do I get back into the will of God? How do I figure out what the will of God is? He wants to lead you. He wants to speak to you more than you know Here's something interesting about God's will for our lives. It's typically post-dated. I've said this before. I love this illustration because it's so true, but how many understand what post-dated means, right? I tell you that God's will for your life is typically mostly going to be post-dated, right? So if I wrote you a check for $100, say I'm going to give you a million dollars. You could name it any amount, right? I'm going to give you a check, Bryson, $100. I'm going to write it out. I'm going to put your name on it. But I'm not going to put today's date on it. I'm going to put today's date for next year on it. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm, no, I'm promising you $100. You're, I'm going to give you the check. The money's in my bank, but you can't get it until the day of the check. Has anybody ever given a post-dated check? just makes you mad. Y'all are like, no, nobody does checks anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm 33 years old. Ah, funny. Thanks, guys. And so anyways, <sighs> bad illustration. Scratch that in my notes for next time I speak to young adults. Here's the point. It's good. It is post-dated. God will tell you, God will give you a vision. How many have ever read the word or been into a moment and the Holy Spirit really spoke to your heart? And He's like, You're going to be a missionary in the mission field and like in Uganda, and you're going to do great things. Anything crazy like that, God has spoken to my heart. I can remember the day I'm in the Word. I'm reading, this is like year two of me being born again, I'm reading in the Bible, and I'm like, I'm having this moment, I'm actually combing through Romans, like I did for the first two years, I just love the book, and I'm going through it, and I'm going through it, and I have this vision of God using my hands to do His work. And in this vision where I kind of blacked out reading my Bible, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, in, this, in my mind's eye, I'm looking at it going, this is amazing. It's nothing I'm doing now. It was nothing I'm doing in that moment. I was doing things far from what I was envisioning, but somehow, way, the Holy Spirit gave me just a glimpse, just a window. Of things that I was gonna be doing. Maybe, hopefully, one day I pray, right? That was, I woke up, kind of came from two from that moment, and I'm looking, going, God, that was amazing. How do I get there? What do I need to do in order for that to happen? I feel like that was from you. I hope that was from you. God, get me there. I had moments like that. But I knew that that wasn't gonna happen the day of. I knew it probably wasn't gonna happen the day after, the week, the month, year, or two after. So what do you do? What do you do when you make a plan? What do you do when you want to know what the main goal is or what the plan is for your life? How do you orchestrate your life? How do you make decisions? To what degree do you, do you compare and contrast and put things up against others and other people and you say, how do I know? I think it's going to be a journey your whole life of figuring out what that looks like for you. Sometimes God will give you a glimpse of his will for your life and at times... At times, we need to see that it's not for today or that moment, but it's going to take time. I do believe this. I do believe that it's God's will for you to be saved and know God. How many know that's that's probably a pretty good, the will of God is for you to be saved, know who he is, be, be a Christian, a Christ follower, be submitted and surrendered to his will and purposes for your life. I believe it's the will of God for you to be filled and led and guided by the Holy Spirit. I don't know what denomination or background and and how spiritual you are or, or not, but I don't care. I do believe, personally for my life, it's the will of God for me to be born again, but also to be filled and controlled and led by His Spirit. I also believe it's the will of God for you to love God and love others. Brandon hit that, the very big general will of God for us, that we love God and we love others. I believe it's the will of God for you to do your part in the Great Commission. To do your part in the Great Commission. Like what what the what the Bible says is that we have been given a message in the, in a ministry of reconciliation. I remember I was talking to Pastor Mark Donahue and SEC and I walked into his office and I was like, I don't know what this vision is I don't know what that meant. He goes, here's what you do. And he looked at me and he reached over his desk. He goes, you already have a ministry. You already have a purpose. You already have a, something that you can tangibly physically do right now. And I'm like, and it's a ministry. And I'm like, really, I've got to like, like, I've got a minute. You're going to give me a ministry right now. Like I was like leaning in. I was ready for it. He was like, you've been given the, med- the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given the opportunity to reconcile lost people like yourself, Matt. One day you came to know God. That is what you're supposed to be doing. And I got fired up. I was like, let's go to the streets. Yeah. And I was just like, all fired up, let's do it. But and I'm like, that is, I believe, the will of God for all of us. How that looks, how you operate in that. I don't know. I don't know if you're supposed to be on your local missions team, local missions team, going out into the streets, going downtown, feeding people. Witnessing to people, doing street ministry, right? I don't know if that's what it is for you, but that's up for you to decide. I do believe that it's the will of God for you to finish school, graduate, get your degree. I do believe for others that it's not the will of God for you to graduate and get your degree. God may have something else. Some of you heard from God right then, some of you missed it. I don't know. I believe it's the will of God for you to get married, find the spouse. Hey, and, 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 and start having children and, and grow a family and raise them and, and do what you're supposed to be doing in that degree. I believe that is the will of God for your life. For most of us, these are not concepts or ideas that are too far-fetched. For most of us, these are what we would say. These are already desires of mine, Matt. You're not hitting any new territory. Come on, get with the program. Mo- say something else. But you're missing it. Like, I do believe that is the will of God, and you're searching for something else. You're searching for something that's coming down the road, but you're missing the will of God that's right in front of your face. Like, why why are we so focused on, so focused on what you're going to be doing 10 years from now, but you're dropping so many balls today? Like, you're not going to be granted access into that future window God shows you if you don't do what you're supposed to do today. Like, you have to get it together. You have to be focused in the now. Is it okay to dream? Absolutely. I believe that we should have dreams. I believe God will give you a specific dream like he gave me. I believe that you should have those things, but I also believe that you need to be mature enough to focus today. So before I get ahead of myself and get on my soapboxes that I like to get on... For most of us, these are not foreign concepts or ideas. Many of us are familiar with the promises of God. We have dreams, we have desires, and we want to know how to get there, when to say yes, when to say no, do I stay or do I go? That's a song. I didn't mean to say that like that, but I wrote that out, and I sent it in the notes, and I was like, that's a song, and it was somewhere in here, and it just came out in my notes, sorry. But that's the truth. We, we, we want to know how to get there, when to say yes, when to say no. Do I stay? Do I go? What what do who, what, where, when, how? And sometimes not knowing the answer to those things will paralyze you in either fear, the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, and you will stay right here with this whole concept that I'm not good enough for the future, so I'm just gonna be a failure today. And the and the fear will paralyze you and me to such a degree that we won't move. Have many ever have you ever I, I talk about this. You'll probably follow me on social media. I know people that know us personally uh, see us that we scare our children. Don't judge me. I love scaring my children. I love scaring my children. And then every time my oldest, Charlie, I love talking about my kids. They're the greatest. And so I, I, Brittany and I, it's the greatest thing. It's a joy of my life to scare my eight-year-old. Now, they don't have bad dreams. They don't come crawling and crying in bed at night. So, so far, we're all good. And so we scare her. And she literally freezes. Is it sheep or goats that scare and freeze and tip over? Yeah, I should have researched that before I said the story. But it was that. And hey, literally, she does this. She will freeze up and fall over. Fear literally paralyzes her. And sometimes, yeah, sorry. I am a good dad. We are good parents. But it is super funny, right? You have my back. All these judgmental people, you've got my back. That's why I married you. Love you, girl. We made three of them. We'll make three more. What are we talking about? Get back to the word. When your wife comes to hear you preach, you just get distracted. Fear paralyzes you. That's right. It will totally paralyze you. The fear of the unknown, the fear of failure. But how many know that that is true? How many, how many have failed at something, and in the moment it calls you, you don't want to do it again? You don't want to do it again. How many were humiliated? You don't want to do that again right? If you, are, if you do, if you are, you, there's something wrong with you, you need prayer, we're going to pray for you at the end. But most of us, we do not want to go back into that same situation. So we won't. So we'll never step out of our comfort zone because of fear. It paralyzes. It causes us to have anxiety and dreams and, and sweat. And it's like, oh my God, if I ever have to do that again, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've all been there. Tonight, I want to look at a portion of scripture from the story of Gideon. And Judges in the Old Testament, Gideon, uh, just, to, just to kind of recap, if you don't know who it is, if you don't know what he's doing, if you don't know Israel, and if you don't know the Midianites, basically they were under oppression for seven years. They were coming in. They were ruining all the crops. They were coming up with their cattle, taking over the land. And they said, uh, because of what Israel was doing, God allowed this to happen. And then God's raised up Gideon, and the angel of the Lord spoke to Gideon. Scene. Here we go. Judges 6, 11 through 16. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash... At the clan of that word right there, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you, sir. Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? If we're in God's will, why are these things happening? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Speaking of how Israel was rescued out of out of out of bondage and freed up from Moses, it says, didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength that you have. That's a powerful passage right there. Go. With the strength that you have, and rescue Israel from the Midianites, I am sending you. But the Lord Gideon replied, "How can I rescue Israel? A clan, my clan, is the weakest in my whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family." The Lord said to him, "I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you are fighting against one man." Now that's a big. That's a, you got to follow up like like for real. Like, God, you want me to go up against these people, right? And he has this idea of who he is. He has the idea of what God wants him to do. And fear comes in, doubt comes in, questions come in. And I think we've all been there, and I think we can relate from the three points I'm going to give you tonight. And here's the first one. Tonight, I want to give you three things that pertain to walking in the will of God for your life. And here's the first one if you're taking notes. First thing is this. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. You want the will of God for your life. And the truth is, if I was to show you the will of God for your life, if I was magical, if I was a sorcerer and I could do magic and I can show you right now an image, a picture of what God's will is for your life, ten years from now, it would either fear fearfully, like, grip you because deep down inside, now outside we celebrate, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to do, that's where I'm going to go. But the steps it's going to take, right? The vulnerability and the honesty and the steps and the growth that's going to happen and the things you're going to have to let go to be that person will cause you to question if that's really the will of God, even though it is the will of God for your life. Here's what I want to tell you. Get over yourself. Tonight you're going to have to get over yourselves. Gideon could not agree with who God says he was. Gideon could not agree with it. Gideon couldn't get on the same page It says that, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? How can I be the guy? How can I be? He went through the whole reasons why. And the truth is, many of us feel unqualified. God will speak to you. You feel like, or or let's simplify it. Maybe somebody in your church will come up to you and say, hey, I want you to go up and I want you to lead that ministry. Hey, we've got an area in our church that's kind of weak right now, and I need you to step up and I need you to serve and lead a team. And many of you feel unqualified. Why? Because you're currently not in the will of God. You feel like you're messing up. You feel like you're not good enough. You look in the mirror and you feel like, how can I, who am I to do this? Many of us feel this. And no, you are not alone if you feel this. Let me just speak truth tonight. You know God. God qualifies the unqualified, so you need to get over yourself and understand that you are qualified because God is the one speaking to you, so why would you ever doubt God? Good news is God qualifies the unqualified. The Also, good news is that God is an expert in turning a mess into a message, right? Because the mess that you're in is only going to be a message later. The mess that you're in is only going to be a story for someone else to get stronger and better and over theirs. So you have to understand, get over yourself. God wants to use you. He says, Gideon, mighty hero, calls him a mighty hero. And he just listed off every reason why God couldn't use him. He says, who are you talking to me? I'm the weakest of all of Israel right here, from from all of Israel to all the tribes, the families in the tribes, my family, me and my family. Here I am. And you want to use me. Who are you kidding, God? I'm no mighty hero. There are things God wants to do in you and I, and believe it or not, he wants to do them through you. So you have to get over yourself. Second thing is this. We're going to breeze through these, and the band's going to come up in just a moment, and I want you to take notes, lean in, because we're going to go back into worship, and I believe God is going to do some things, speak some things, and set some things in motion in your life. The second thing is, the first is you have to get over yourself. The second thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get past your limitations, you are going to have to get past your limitations. You have to get over yourself, but you're going to have to get past your limitations. What did Gideon say? I am the weakest, right? Does that sound like anybody else in the Bible that you know? Moses, Moses, how God calls Moses to go back to Pharaoh, right? He speaks to him in a dream. He does all this crazy stuff. Like if you've seen the movie, it's not accurate at all to the Bible, but it's kind of crazy. It makes you think. It's like, it's like really? Like you want me you want me to go back. You want me to go do these things. And Moses says so many things. Uh, 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 Moses, what if, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? The Lord, or if I say the Lord sent me, right? Moses also said in, in chapter, thir- or chapter 6, verse 30, he says, But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, I have a speech impediment. How many of you look in the mirror every single day And you question your ability and you question yourself if you're able to do it based off the things that you're looking at the things that you know about yourself. Have you ever done that? Have you ever judged yourself so hard? You don't even want to leave the bathroom. And you're like, if you're looking beyond your physical appearance, you you get to the physical appearance, you're like, yeah, I need to do something with all this right here. But then you go and you think about what you did last night and the guilt and the condemnation sets in and the enemy starts creeping into your ear and telling you, that's right, you did do that, reminding you of all the things that you shouldn't have done, reminding you of all the sights you shouldn't have looked at and all the conversations you had and the gossip and the lies and the cheating and the stealing and whatever it may be and the enemy comes in and that's the greatest place he wants you to be is in a place of fear because you see your limitations because you see that you're not able to. The truth is many of us are in God's way of his will. You are in his way to do his will through you. You are in God's way to do his will through you. You have to get over yourself. You have to get beyond your limitations Where you see limitation, God sees an exception. Where you see limitations, God's saying, but I called you. And here's the exception. I created you. I know exactly all your hiccups and all your issues, but I created you for a time as this to go and do what I've called you to do. So get over yourself and get over your limitations. God told Gideon, go with the strength that you have. I am sending you. In order to walk into God's will, you need to get over yourselves, get over your limitations. And the third thing is this. Get to work. Get to work. Get over yourselves, get over your limitations. And after you can do those two things, then I believe you need need to get this and that it's time to get to work. You would say, well, what's God's will for my life? Well, okay. I understand the heart behind the question. I understand the heart behind the seeking. I understand the heart behind the curiosity, but the truth is that it's going to require something of you. It's going to require something of you. The will of God for your life is to not is is not going to happen on its own, is it? The will of God for your life is not going to happen on its own. It's going to take work. Sometimes that work looks like faith, that works look like, that looks like trust, and I know that it's going to require effort, and something will be required of you. What you want, what you dream about will not happen on its own. Some of you in here want God's best for your life. You want God's biggest for your life. You aren't willing to move away from small, effortless commitments, though, and you'll never get there. Because you're not willing to move away from these small, effortless commitments that you have that are not God's will, you're not going to get the big dreams and the big desires that God has for you. Some of you need to get out of bed before 9 a.m. Some of you need to get a real job. Some of you need to take a step of faith and move out of mom and dad's house. And you need to be an adult. And some of you need to get to work and start doing something with what God is already. Here's Here's what I know. You're not a generation... Right after Malachi, where God stopped speaking. No, the New Testament came. Jesus was born. His Holy Spirit came into the earth. And so now he is still speaking. So I know that there's dreams and desires in every single one of you. I know that you have a desire to do and be used by God. And you're paralyzed or you're curious and you don't know and you don't know how to make these things happen. But can I tell you that it's not going to happen on its own? You are not going to get there by saying, good dream, great idea, God. I'm going to sit down and watch Seinfeld and eat potato chips. And let's just see when it comes. Let's just see what happens. No, it's going to require work. It's going to require effort. It's going to require strenuous effort. Every single day, you need to get to work. Gideon, it was God's will for Israel to drive out the Midianites. Gideon had to believe he was who God said he was. He said, mighty hero and go into strength. Gideon had to get over himself. Gideon had to get over his limitations. Gideon had to get to work. He had to get over his limitations. He had to obey the Lord every step of the way. And when God said downsize the army multiple times, and we're going up hundreds of thousands of people, and yet you want me to go from tens and and ten and a thousand, and you want me to go with 300 people? See, sometimes the will of God, you know what the outcome is. You know that, okay, we're going to defeat the Midianites. We're going to drive them out. That's the will of God. But you look at the process, and you doubt, and you question. And you're saying, I'm not able. There's the limitation. But who sent you? Who told you that you're a mighty hero? Who told you to go in the strength that you have? God told you. God's the one sending you. God's the one doing it. It's not in your own strength. You have to submit it to to Jesus. Moses, it was God's will for Israel to be freed from Egypt. But Moses had to get over himself. God wanted to use him. He had to get over his limitations. He had to obey the Lord every step of the way. He had to do some hard things. He had to make some hard decisions. It didn't come easy, but a nation eventually was freed. The will of God, Israel to be freed out from bondage. The steps it took to get there took some faith. It took some work. It took some some activity, some obedience to get there. David... I love David in the Old Testament. It was God's will for David to be king. But how many know after the oil was poured over him, he went right back to shepherding sheep, didn't he? He didn't get the oil. And the prophet said, this is it. This is it. Statistically, it's like he wasn't even in the room. He wasn't even an option at the moment. But God said, you're going to be king. It's, you would have thought, like, okay, great. Every, the family knew it. The prophet knew it. Obviously, God knew it. So let's just get this thing going and make me king right now. Where's the crown? Right? Like, that, that just makes sense to me. I would be that guy. All right? The oil, the prophet, God's word. Okay, let, let, let's go. But no, David went back to tending to his sheep. Eventually, we know the story of David and all the feats he had to, to, to overcome. He went back to shepherding sheep, and David faced some enemies coming in to steal from his flock one by one, and he went after it. How many days did David spend at target practice? How much work was David putting in to what he knew would be the will of God? But he knew that that could be sacrificed if he didn't put in the work today. He knew that, yes, okay, David was wise. He was smart. He understood, okay, if I'm going to be the king, then In private I need to become a person of integrity I need to be a person of passion I need to be a person of worship I need to be a person of commitment to the call and the will of God on my life and some of you don't know what that is and I didn't know what that is and some of you won't know what it is for several months or days or years but here's what I do know David went back and he says I may be young and I may be left out of the group and the house and the brothers and the dad didn't include me in any of this but guess what i know that one day who god's calling me to be so when nobody's looking i'm going after the bears when nobody's looking i'm going to worship and i don't care if i'm stepping in sheep dung or not when nobody's looking i'm going to be a person and build my integrity i'm going to build my character i'm going to do what it takes because one day there's going to be a giant giant that's going to stand taunting a whole nation and if I don't do what I need to do then then I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do now that's going to take me to where God has already called me do you see where I'm going with this you've got to get over yourself you've got to get past your limitations and you've got to get up and start doing something with your life you've got to get to work if you were to ask me Matt do you believe that you're in the will of God for your life right now today I would say with full confidence, I am in the will of God for my life today, fully. I know the journey I'm on, evaluating myself, my issues, my strengths, my marriage, my children, ministry, life, work, friends, the balance of it all. Balance is not even a real word. And I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, I think. I had to ask myself, I'm writing this out. Man, are you in the will of God for your life right now? Now I know that I'm not gonna be, maybe, I don't again, I, I don't know, maybe I know, this, again, what is the will of God for my life 15 years from now? Am I gonna be a student pastor for my whole life? Who knows? I know Jeannie Mayo is like 70, she's still a youth pastor. She's amazing, I could do that, great. Whatever you want, but here's what I know. I have to submit that. Every day, I have to submit that. Every day, but, in, but today, am I in the will of God for my life? today marks 13 years and two days we've got to celebrate it's okay we're busy we got three kids and two dogs but 13 years ago and two days 13 years and two days ago i gave my heart to christ at Shreveport community church it was in the falls october is amazing and uh and, and literally what I know is I read through Romans, Romans 12.2, and I wanted to build a whole message on Romans 12.2 because to me that's just such a beautiful, beautiful scripture of Paul's writings, and it ministers to me in so many ways. But as I'm reading through and I'm studying the word for myself as like a, a brand new believer, somebody said, go read Romans, go read John, go read Romans. Know, I'm just like, man, I love this. Let's go. The life I came from, the life I was living, now this new life, this new creation in Christ, and I'm just so fired up. Well, I was invited. We were invited to a small group. We went into this discipleship group, and we went in the very next day. The very next day, I'm in the altars, boo and snot bubbles. I'm good. God is good. My old life, now I'm a new creation. Let's get to work. And that's kind of my personality. And I'm just the very next day, I'm in the loon room. I got this brand-new Bible. I've never cracked one open for myself to read it, never studied it. And I'm being discipled. I'm being poured into. Learned how to, like, Shake a guy's hand and look him in the eyes and be a man about it. and Have a normal conversation, right? Like, like learned how to like be on time. Learned how to like have normal conversations. Learned how to how to treat women. Learned how to tie. Learned how to pray. Learned how to read. Learned how to preach. Learned how to fast. Learned how to do all these things. Then I ended the church at six months in, and, and there's a need inside the church. And hey, we need you to serve into a ministry. Okay all right, we're going to go serve into this ministry. We go serve, we build this team, and over time, over the course of a year, our life is just crazy, and I'm in love with our schedule. I, I tell some of my closest friends, like, I believe everybody, they get saved. You don't know the will of God for your life. I think you should do what the disciples did. I think you just need to abandon ship of everything you have. It's a preconceived idea of what it means to be a follower, and I think you should dive in and just get discipled and start discipling others and, and start serving and give yourself three to five years of just giving yourself to the local church, and at the end of that, decide what you should do next. But anyways that's MTV that's the Matt Tidwell version of what you should do don't listen to me listen to God within weeks I'm serving my church by a year's time I had a pretty good indication that I would be serving in ministry to some capacity to some level I didn't know it was going to be vocationally I didn't know what it was going to be but I knew that God's will for my life was to be in ministry to some degree and so therefore I knew that I'm going to put my head down I'm going to serve I'm gonna put my head down. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna submit myself to my small group leader and my pastor. And then I'm gonna, you know, what, I'm gonna open up my ri- my living room and I'm gonna do my part of the Great Commission. I'm gonna invite lost people into my living room and people from the church in my living room. And we poured for years into people in our living room and and our small group grew and the one we were in grew and we're serving two or three ministries. And we started a ministry in the church and it grew. And then I just knew this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm supposed to. I didn't think I could do it. I mean, my second small group. I'm sitting in my living room and these guys are in there and they're all drug addicts some of them are high and I was so frustrated I, in my message I wrote all kind of cuss words and I was like you just need to get your together Like, and I'm just cussing them out and I'm just like "I know it, was, it was heresy I was in sin I guess I don't know but I was preaching I was, I was like you're going to get right you're going to get left I don't know but I'm going to say whatever it takes to get you there and I'm just like so just passionate and ready to go and do whatever God has me to do but I didn't really feel like I was qualified but I had to get over myself I didn't really feel like I was able to, but I had to get past my limitations. And I knew that I didn't know how to preach the best sermon, but I had to open up my living room for people to come and hear the gospel of Jesus somehow, some way. And it led up, and from 2004 to about 2010, 2011, we got a, there was a phone call, and it was Pastor Denny. He goes, "Hey, buddy, meet me at the Country Club, two o'clock. I need you to talk to somebody." I'm like, "Okay, what's this?" And by this time, I knew we had been about a year looking at transition. We didn't know what that looked like. I'm in sales. I'm doing different things. We're starting a family. we got like a one-year-old daughter. We're married. Life is going, and I'm traveling all over, and I'm serving. I'm doing this. I'm preaching and praying. I'm like, man, this is great. And then we get a phone call and say, hey, there's a pastor who's looking. So let me stop there and say this. Pastor Denny was able to talk to me, and, and I'm not saying this to toot my horn. I'm telling you, I've kind of walked this out a little bit to tell you that for the last 13 years, I've put in some work. I got over myself, I got over my limitations, and because I was able to do that, I was able, with one phone call, without all this whatever, I was able to walk right into God's will for my life, what I knew 13 years prior. I am today where I am today because of my ability to obey God's word, surrender my life to my pastor and the word of God and to mentorship and surrender my life to to whatever the word says, and I begin to wash myself in that and be obedient to that. And I began to do every day, every day, every day, every single day, get over yourself. You're gonna wake up, gonna, the enemy is gonna lie to you. The enemy's gonna get in your ear, he's gonna tell you, you're not able. The enemy's gonna remind you that you've got that, that hangup that people are gonna judge you for and you're not gonna be able to do what God has for you. You're gonna have to get past that. And then you're gonna have to get off the couch, get out of mom's house, grow up a little bit, and you're gonna have to put some work in. And sometimes that work looks like faith. And you're gonna have to believe God that he is going to take you on that journey and you're gonna get there. And you might not know what that looks like today, but I promise you, if you commit to these three things tonight, it's not the no wall, it's not all the things that you need to do, but I promise you, it's simple tonight. Will you stand to your feet? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Many of you came in here tonight. You know the title of the series. You know what's going on in your life. You have a lot of questions. You have a lot of insecurities. You have a lot of fear, doubt, whatever it may be. But I know some of you are not moving into the will of God for your life because you're you're too hung up on yourself. Tonight I'm speaking to you second group i'm speaking to is that you have the limitations you have the issues you have the things that people don't have you look at others and you're saying they are so successful in ministry they're so successful your dream made to be a business owner your dream may be that you want to be you want to travel the world you want to be the ceo you want to do this you want to do that whatever it is you have a dream you have a desire but yet you put yourself in today's society social media and you're judging yourself for everyone else. You're like, I don't have what it takes. I can't do that. I'm not her. I'm not him. I I can't do what they do. And so therefore, you're paralyzing yourself based off your limitations. You've got to get past your limitations. God spoke to Gideon and said, I'm sending you. You are a mighty hero. Go in the strength that you have. I'm sending you. Tonight, you've got to remind it of yourself that no matter what your limitations are, it is God who is orchestrating this, not you, and you have to surrender to Him and be reminded that it's Him, that it's Him. It's not you, it's His will, not your will. It's His will, it's not your will. And some of you just simply tonight need to move. There needs to be more faith, there needs to be more trust, and there needs to be more action in your life.